listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of DSPN is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at AudiblePodcast.com forward slash DSPN. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski joring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. We'll hear from the leading sports dog show stars that are at the top of their game, learning training tips and get the scoop on their secrets to success. So put your paws together and give a tail-wagging welcome to your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, here on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Laurie Williams, the owner and director of training and behavior at Pup and Iron Canine Fitness and Learning Center in Fredericksburg, Virginia. But here at DSPN, what we like to do is learn all about the great ways to have fun and play with your dog while enhancing your relationship because that's what it's all about. So today I have some great guests. They are Eva Bertelson and Emily Johnson Bay, authors of this great new exciting agility training book called Agility Right from the Start. It's a guide for this great sport of agility that so many of us here in the U.S. participate in. So sit tight. We'll be right back after a brief break and a word from our sponsors. Hey, boy, how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux, you can even go naked like your pets. Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw on the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network here on Pet Life Radio. Today, our guests are Eva and Emily. And you guys are from Sweden, so we're calling way across the country to, or across the world, actually, to get to hear about some great agility training from you all. So welcome to our show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great. So I have... Uh, started reading your book. It's packed full of information. We definitely want to get that information out to our listeners. So if we could for a moment, um, and I'll just address uh, you, Emily, first. Could you tell me a little bit about why you guys decided to write a new book about agility, which is a sport that's been around, what, for maybe about the last 20 years or so? Tell us why you thought there needed to be a new book on it. Well, Eva and I, we teach together a lot. And when we were giving classes, we often felt that we would like to give our students everything. We wanted there to be a resource. We wanted them to have us around. And we felt that our approach to agility coming from the positive reinforcement world, that we had stuff to add. And our students were forever asking us for more and more and more. And so we wrote the book. Okay, great. And, um, and Eva, can you guys tell us a little bit about your, your background in um, teaching and dog sports and, and probably agility in particular? We'll start with you, Eva. Yeah. I started out with obedience training almost 20 years ago, and then I started doing agility with my oldest dog, who is a taller, and my, uh, my now oldest, my 17-year-old, Falem, and she's been doing agility for all her life. So for 17 years, I've been training and and competing in agility. And I started out as a horse person, and my parents refused to buy me my own horse. And (laughs) so I needed (laughs) to find another way. And my neighbor was training her German Shepherds. And so I got to uh, borrow a black lab. Her name was Kiki, and that was the way I got started into dog sports, really. And I got my first dog in 1990. She was a mixed breed, and just like Eva, I started out in obedience. Then I got introduced to agility and I got stuck. I'm not my fourth dog and she's a Kelpie and we're hoping to get started competing this fall. Very good. I was just going to say that I find that that's what happens to a lot of people. They, By the time they find agility, they end up, I, I wouldn't necessarily say getting stuck, but they enjoy it so much and their dogs enjoy it so much so they kind of stay there. My background is also in um, competition obedience and I have been doing it for over 20 years but just discovered agility not even quite a year ago and I am participating in it with my little Maltese dog Andrew. So what I found is here in our country in particular a lot of the trainers that are training in agility actually work with the herding breeds. So what I wanted to ask you guys would you say that the exercises that you have in your book and your methods of training pretty much transcend any type of breed specific that it can work with any breed of dog? Oh, most definitely. What's so great about positive reinforcement training is that not only does it work with any breed of dog, it works with any type of animal. So if you wanted to do agility with your cat, you could probably do that and use at least some of the stuff we described 
to teach it to whatever animal you have. So to, to us, it's really important that agility isn't just for some dogs or for some people, but it is something for that everyone can do. Well, great, because uh, as I said, I, definitely in our country, there tends to be more of a, um, you, we have all breeds that participate, but it seems that most of the, the people who do extremely well have black and white dogs. <laughs> but, you know, mostly it's the uh, border collies and you see, um, you know, sometimes the Shelties, but it seems to tend to be the um, herding breed. So there I walk up with my little Maltese and there's just some things that don't exactly fit. He's not really built the same way as those dogs. He's got a long back, little tiny legs, but he has picked up on the barking. He tends to bark a lot more than he's been doing agility. Say, come on, let's go. But I did want to ask you about some of the games that you play. But before I get to that, I definitely want to make the point that the, and find out a little bit more about your connection to Karen Pryor in specific, specifically because you know most of us in our you know we're very familiar with Karen Pryor and her being one of the pioneers of clicker training, which is the basis of uh, your positive reinforcement in your book. So could you tell us a little bit about how you met Karen or that connection? We were actually just very lucky. Eva and I were looking for a way to improve as instructors and Eva was searching the web and she came across Tag Teach. And Tag Teach, um, she got into contact with Teresa McKeon on Tag Teach International and Teresa and Beth Wheeler came here in 2004 to teach us more about Tag Teach. And when they were here, they saw an article that we had written for Clean Run. And Teresa was like, oh, this is great. I would like to show this to Karen Pryor. Do I have your permission? And we were like, of course. And she did. And then Karen came into contact with us, asking us if we would like to write something more. And this is how the book came about and how we actually got into contact with Karen Pryor. And it's been great. We have now wow. been involved in Clicker Expo for the last year here. And it's just amazing. Wow, that's great. Um, for our listeners, the um, Karen Pryor is the author of Don't Shoot the Dog, which is one of the quintessential books on clicker training. So tell me a little bit about some of the games that you play or some of the exercises, anything simple that you would be able to describe to some of our listeners, just you know, maybe one or two of exercises or games that you do um, that you teach in your book. Actually, the, the most important part and the first part you need to teach is your reward procedures because you need to have rewards in order to be able to train with positive reinforcement. So we have a whole chapter in the book about how to practice your reward procedures. So teaching your dog to play tug, teaching your dog to chase something and come back with it, teaching your dog to enjoy different kinds of, uh, of food treats. Uh, this is really a set of skills that sometimes is forgotten. You just take it for granted that, well, I have something in my pocket and my dog will enjoy it as a reward. But to actually teach your dog and yourself how to enjoy the rewards together, that's a really important part of, of your training. Okay. Would you say that dogs should be at a certain training level before they would start some of the agility training that you teach in your book? Or would you say start them with some of these things from day one? Do you have things that a person, like the moment they get their dog, they could start doing? I would say that all the foundation skills described in our book, that's okay. what I do with my pup when I get them home. That's what I start to do. I'll build all the, the rewards that Eva was just talking about, and then I'll just get going. It's I mean, it's shaping. A lot of it is just shaping. And you shape stuff that you can later on use for agility. And lots of the skills that we describe or the games that we describe, you will find useful in your everyday life too, such as 
teaching your dog to create noise, for example, making your dog comfortable with everything that makes rackets and goes kaboom. And also teaching your dog to enjoy playing around with different kinds of materials, going under something like under a chair, stepping onto different footing, going between things, going around things, just maneuvering different kinds of objects and materials. And that later will transform into the agility obstacles. But we do all the foundation skill, skill training away from the obstacles. Yeah, I always look at training dogs, and you talked about shaping. I teach a lot of different classes, and I always have people kind of say, well, why are we teaching this? And and I always try to tell them it's kind of like, I kind of compare it to the movie Karate Kid. I don't know if you guys are familiar with oh, that yeah. movie, yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah. the wax on, wax off, and the paint, the, you know, paint the fence and all that, you know, you don't all necessarily know what how that's going to fit later on but you do these skills and then you go to a dog sport oh i see that movement that i taught going side to side or going out over here and i didn't get how that was going to help but then all of a sudden you get out onto an agility course and you say oh okay i see so it sounds like your book um, with some of your foundation skills do a lot of that like teaching things and little behaviors that people might wonder oh how's this going to transfer to agility but it transfers very well with the op once you put the obstacles out there yes absolutely and we always try to give our students the picture this is what it's going to be for this is how we're breaking it down etc because that makes it possible for them to make their own choices about what they think they might need in the future and not only do we build skills that are useful for later i mean like skills but we also build a dog that learns how to learn and learns how to work with you in many different fashions. So when your dog gets older or when you're when you progress in your training, your dog really is working with you very well. Fantastic. Well, agility certainly is a very popular dog sport here in the U.S. In fact, I'd venture to say it's the most popular dog sport currently and has been probably for at least the last decade or so. We're going to go ahead and take a little break and hear from our sponsors and then we're going to come back and I'd like to talk to you you know, about it's a little bit more about pet owners. Um, a lot of our listeners are just pet owners looking to do some fun things with their dogs. So we will be right back after a brief word from our sponsors. ESPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick time out. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash DSPN. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash DSPN for your free audiobook. 
It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. And welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network here on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Laurie Williams, and today I'm here with Eva Bertelson and Emily johnson Vay, and they're the authors of Agility Right from the Start, and that's R-I-G-H-T, Right from the Start. And we're talking about the book, and we're talking about some of the great training methods that Positive Reinforced that they are very adamant about in this book. So, Eva and Emily, I wanted to ask you, in our country, again, I'm new to agility myself, and there seems to be in our country kind of a pervasive working or training under certain system, you know, one system or the other system, you kind of have to choose or you do a mixture of both. Now, would you say that your methods kind of cross over or kind of transcend the, don't like basically fit into one type of system? Oh, this is an interesting question because you have, in agility, you have your training system and then you have what's special for agility, you have a handling system. The training system I would say we use would be the the fact that we base everything on positive reinforcement. And we are quite strict about really working only with positive reinforcement. We don't want to add any aversives in the training. We don't want anything unpleasant to happen to the dog in the training. So as long as you want to have fun with your dog and want to use your rewards as information for your dog and build behavior that way, then you will find our book a good resource because you can get ideas no matter what you want to teach him or how you want your agility skills to look. You can, you can still find, find stuff in the book that's useful. Great. So it sounds like, you know, no matter what quote-unquote system anybody is using, and as you said, those are more for the handling methods, what you have in your book will pretty much transcend that. Anybody would be able to, to use it in their training which is great. I do like that you mentioned no aversives whatsoever when training agility. I actually have had some people starting new to agility who don't like clicker training. 
usually the people who don't like it i found are people who you know have poor timing so they're not they never feel comfortable with when to click but in addition to that there unfortunately are dogs that find the click or the sound of the click to be a little bit aversive what are your recommendations for people who have dogs that might fall into that category if you have a dog that's really truly afraid of the clicker noise of course you can choose to train that to train it so that your dog is comfortable with it if you don't feel like training it you can get by without the clicker the most important thing is the principles right the principles underlying clicker training as long as you follow them your training will still be good training the marker will make it clearer it gets the information across in a different way so if you can work it around so you can use the clicker that's fine otherwise you can use a verbal marker or some other kind of tactile marker if you have a dog, for example, that's deaf or something. But the marker is not the main issue. The, the main issue here are the principles. Right, the principles. Now, are you guys currently competing in agility right now? Neither of us is competing right now. Uh, we're both supposedly starting this summer. Emily's got a really young dog, and my youngest, she's a border collie, and she's four years old soon, but I haven't had time to start any comp- competitions yet, so I'm looking forward to that. We wrote and, the book instead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was going to say, you've been quite busy for a little while. Now, have you guys actually competed here in the U.S. in any of our venues? No, we have not. Eva's competed on the world team for Sweden, which means that she's competed in like Germany and Finland, Denmark. And I've competed a lot in Denmark, too, because I live close to that country. But other than that, we have not been abroad. But you have been to the U.S. and actually had a chance to visit, or or no? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, We've been to Clicker Expo, and we've been to watch people train and so on. And let's see, the Clicker Expo this past year, was it held in, was it somewhere in the south, I believe, wasn't it? It was Lexington, Kentucky, Kentucky. and it was Portland in Oregon in January. Okay, so you got it. You got to see uh, two diverse <laughs> areas in our country. I, I know Kentucky is much different, but you, one of you I, was it you who mentioned horses that you had were started out in horses. We're actually both uh, horse people from the oh, beginning. <laughs> so you had loved Lexington then, because that's a uh, that's horse country for sure. Kentucky Horse Park was beautiful. Absolutely. That's great. So I did want to ask again uh, one more question about let's take your very, very, very first pet dog trainer, brand new to owning a dog even. And I get a lot of calls from, the, you know, people see dogs doing agility on Animal Planet and they get this dog. And let's say it's not a puppy. Let's say um, a lot, we have a, you know, rescue is really big in our country. So let's say someone rescued or is rehoming a three-year-old mixed breed dog and they've seen agility on TV and they want to get into agility so what would be your advice to that person oh i would say start first of all learning about positive reinforcement training in general never mind if it's agility or if it's anything else just start to to learn about how you can train your dog because if you know how to train your dog at least a little bit then you can teach him anything you like including agility and then second try to find a positive reinforcement trainer uh, working with agility and and uh, try to learn as much as you can about how to get started, how to begin with small things that both you and your dog are comfortable with them that you can be successful with right away. Yeah, because that would probably be the number one 
call that I get is from somebody who has absolutely no training background themselves. They're a new dog owner. But agility is very exciting. It's very, you know, and most dogs love it. Most dogs, you know, want to run gym, and that's what, you know, dogs are mainly bred to do. So people want to get into that and get on the obstacles. But trying to hold them back and do the foundation training is sometimes a uh, a little bit of a challenge because they want to, when do we get on the A-frame? That's usually what people want to, you know, get them right on the A-frame and the teeter. So your book does have a lot of things for people to do that really don't even involve the obstacles. That's Is that correct? Yes. yes. The, the whole part of our foundation training is actually done away from the obstacles. We Great. work with everything that we, we can find. And actually we find in our classes with both competitive people and regular pet dog owners that what they want to do is work their dogs they want to see progression and they want to understand what they're doing and why and mm-hmm. as long as you keep people really occupied and you you give them what they need to know i don't ever run across that whole issue of oh i want to do the a-frame anymore because i feel that right. they're always busy both handlers and dogs are busy 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 and it works a treat now are any of you still involved in a competition obedience at all Yes, I'm actually competing in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and so I do want to ask you, I know your book is about agility. How ha- have you applied these, some of these methods and games to your competition obedience? I'm sure it crosses over quite well. How have you, you know, actually applied them? Well, I structure my sessions just the same way that I do when I train agility. It's all about being really, really well planned so that I can work with focus and intensity throughout the whole thing. I make sure to only work with my rewards. I, I work in the same way. It's all positive-based. Mm-hmm. And with the short session and the, the skills broken down into foundation skills and then built together into to the big exercises. And um, I say it transfers very well. What we call good agility practices, which is that you always work with focus, intensity, and you stay true to the way you direct your dog, that mm-hmm. works and it fits into obedience as well. I mean, really good obedience is all about focus and intensity, and your dog needs to be able to rely on how you direct him there, too. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I I really, even though, as I said, your book is on agility, I am definitely, I hope that uh, uh, some of our listeners, and, and I will be sharing it myself with a lot of people who do competition obedience that I know, because the training principle of positive reinforcement, you know, goes across transcends all different dog sports and anything any activity that you're going to do with your dog really so i I definitely appreciate all of the things that you mentioned in your book so i definitely you know want to thank you guys for writing this book i love your the systematic way everything's set out in the book it's a very easy to read book very put together very professionally and very easy to understand so i definitely appreciate i can see the work that's gone into it uh can you just for our listeners where can they find your book you can go to the book has its own web page it's agility right from the start.com or you can find it through kktraining.com at the karen prior store okay okay great and that's um agility right from the start Dot com. We will have the link to your website up on the Pet Life Radio on our webpage as well so that people can, can get a hold of you. Now, will you be making any more U.S. appearances in the coming months? 
Uh, we're working together with a couple of clubs to see if we'll get over to teach at the end of the year. That's not finalized yet, but we do know that we're part of the Clicker Expo faculty for 2011, so we will definitely be coming over then. Okay, great. And all that information will be on your website as well? It will. Okay, great. Well, I would definitely want to thank you two for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, you know, anything, I'm a brand new agility competitor, so I'm trying to soak up all the information I can. So your book was very welcome for me. But I think, as you mentioned uh, on, your, on the cover of your book, agility is a gr- still a growing sport. It's our most popular sport here. It's probably our most accessible sport as well. So I think it's great to have a new book with some new ideas and as well as some tried and true ideas as um, a positive reinforcement where people can go to and gain so much information. So thank you too for coming and speaking about your book and I, I hope that I can get you back again and we'll talk a little bit more. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking some time to spend with us here on DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. We're all about getting out there and experiencing as many great different activities, games, and sports with your dog. Because after all, our dogs are our teammates, our best friends. So until next time, get out there, play with your dog like no one's watching, and we'll see you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed touring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.